It's another episode of Zone of Truth, a glimpse behind the curtain of making pot rod. Grab your cups, settle in, because we're bringing the tea. Sam, I'm so excited. Excited for what? This episode of Zot. Why are you <laughs> um, so excited for this episode of Zot? Why were you mean, excited for the other ones? I love all of them, but I absolutely love the stuff that happened in episode four and i'm excited to talk about it okay technically four and five but we're starting with four (laughs) yes we are because i am still slow and we have one more friday to go all right no not slow we are drawing out the the suspense drama yeah (laughs) we love the drama just Mm -hmm. call us cw without the cheese But we're in Wisconsin, so actual cheese, yes. Yes, actual cheese, but not other types of cheese. Well, All right. I don't know. It might get cheesy. <laughs> so how do we want to do this? I have some questions today. Do we want to talk about the episode and then get into the questions? I think so. All right. Awesome. Okay. So questions regarding this episode. We didn't start the fire. What is your favorite moment from this episode? Okay, my favorite moment from this episode, there's a there's a couple that I liked a lot that were just like little moments that I forgot happened until I re-listened to it. One was when we were talking to the Triton and you said to Lou, you go talk to him. I'm scared of him. And my response was, there's my big strong man. <laughs> I forgot that it happened. <laughs> I, I love that part. I was listening to it today and I was like, Oh, that's beautiful. Um, oh, it was, yeah. A little background. I was trying to find a clip very haphazardly to put on our Instagram little like teaser for the release for the episode this Friday. And I didn't want to listen to the whole episode. <laughs> I just was trying to like click around and hit play and see if it was at a point where I was like, that's attention grabbing. That's what I'll use. So that's how I found what I used. After I listened to the actual episode in its entirety, I was like, I could have used that about there's my big strong man. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Probably would have picked that one instead. What I picked was fine, but I liked that little snippet. Um, And then that's why I liked episode one's little tidbit that I picked about me chopping off body parts. mm -hmm. And then the other part that I liked a lot is actually a part with Herschel. All of this might turn into my real character is Herschel. <laughs> Who that, knows? That's true. Herschel's small moment of kind of a combo. Yursa and Herschel, both of them, NPCs that had strong emotions that I didn't know were going to happen until the moment was there and they happened. And I, listening back to it, liked it a lot. When I heard myself as Yursa say, hey, if you find Arya, tell her I never want to see her again. I like gave myself a chill. I was like, oh, that was so good. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, past Natasha. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that part too. I was like, oh, I felt that one. Just twist the knife. Yeah, it was so good. And then her being upset and then Herschel going after her, which listening to was a role like I wasn't going to have him follow and there was a role and he did. And then that developed a little bit into more of his background and his behavior mm-hmm. that also 
I hadn't known or decided on until that moment. And so those were, I think, were the parts that I was like, yes, about. Um, what about you? Uh, me? Uh, I have two part, two favorite moments in this episode. First is the introduction of Kieran, my lovely NPC. We may not have met him at all, but it happened thanks to the role because I used one of my random things. I still have other mm-hmm. things that can pop up at any point in time, but so far I'm enjoying Kieran. I love the dynamic that I came up with both him and Ro. I think uh, that's going to be a fun thing to explore how, you know, they really care about each other, yet they're willing to, you know, beat each other up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one was the heart to heart that me and um, Lou had on the dock. That one was good, too. I, I really enjoyed like the, those moments, like those emotional moments that you feel like in the moment. And when you're role playing it, you don't realize it. But when you hear it back towards yourself, you're like, oh, that's that's really touching. Mm hmm. Also around that time, I think if you guys are listening and you're listening with your with your good ears, you'll hear me call you Rue because I can't keep our names separate. Um, yeah, I can't keep names straight either. I called you Ro once. <laughs> Perfect. We don't know who who Lou is. We don't know who Ro is. Together we're Rue. Rue. I don't know. I don't know either. All right. Uh, next question that I have for you, and it's Lou specific. Ooh, give how it to does, me. How does Lou feel surrounded by so many men? I think she doesn't feel too out of place around men. I think she's one of those girls who has always kind of had guy friends. So that part isn't really the disturbing part for her. It's more that they are all weirdly flirty men is the problem where <laughs> she's just she's just uncomfortable i think all three of you have been described at some point as relatively pretty or good looking and lou is unfazed by that that there's she's not like secretly harboring feelings sorry if anyone is having any ships out there lou currently uh. has no feelings towards any of them so i think she feels fine with that she honestly is probably more comfortable around the guys than if she was around a bunch of women. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's, she's more comfortable around men than she is around women, I think as like a friend group. So right. that part, I think she's fine with it is a little awkward. I think she's not a very touchy person either. Yeah. So I think some of that has also been a little much maybe for Lou. But not in a, I can't deal with this anymore sort of way, just not something she's used to. Okay. Well, you mentioned that you're surrounded by three pretty boys, but... Don't shake a banana at me, and you talk about pretty boys. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, everybody knows we have webcams up, and Sam is shaking a stretchy banana at me. It's a stress banana, all right? Sorry. I'll put it away. (laughs) (laughs) It's either that or else I'll click a pen. I have issues. So... Yes, we're we were described as pretty boys, but in different like ways. Like mm-hmm. Herschel is like non-conventional pretty boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kieran is Mister Perfect pretty boy, and uh, Ro is the I've been bred to be perfect, basically mm-hmm. pretty boy. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, you've got a whole Prince Charming sort of yes, look going on. Yep. That's what I was aiming for. All right. Well, you kind of almost answered the next question that I have. But oh. is there is there romance for any of the characters in the future? Um. Okay. I only partially answered. Um. I don't know if there is for Lou. Currently, it wouldn't be with anyone else in our party. Unless something drastic happens. However, that doesn't mean that it's not a possibility if we come across the right person. If you're wondering what the right person for Lou is, y'all, I don't know. I will let you know if it happens. Her her stuff is pretty... We need more Lou storylines. Oh, there's there will be storylines. There will yes. be. But for right now, she's just doing what she's doing. There is an NPC that I am debating in my head if mm-hmm. she might make that kind of a connection with at some point. Okay. But it's a big question mark in my head. Okay. So if something happens and in the moment it feels right for Lou, then I will pursue that for her. But as of right now, I haven't had any of those moments for her. I do think... That Herschel and Yursa did have a really good moment there. And Kieran ruined it because he thought he was going to be a horn dog. Exactly. So that might be something that I want to revisit in the future. I mean, it won't be that hard. She has no job anymore. Right. She could show up almost anywhere. And with the with the beaver towns being on like a river, it would be easy for a sea elf to just jump in the river and kind of go elsewhere relatively quickly. Right. right. Which would be fine. Um, a slight spoiler for Upper Beaver Town. That city is fucking infuriating. <laughs> uh, I don't think we don't even mention Upper Beaver Town in episode four. But y'all, there's an upper beaver town. <laughs> it's a spoiler, I said. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah, not only that it's infuriating, but that it exists. Both of those yes. things are true. <laughs> yes, and, and you think that we're, uh, we're terrible at making names. It just works out real perfect. Real perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep, upper beaver town is an interesting experience. Anyways, back to what we're talking about now. Those are kind of where i'm at in terms of love for herschel and lou Mm -hmm. what are you thinking for for kieran for ro for anybody else well um i think for ro it's not going to be happening anytime soon Mm -hmm. um with a little bit of things going on like past traumatic relationships and now being forced into marriage i think it's one of those things they're like yeah if it happens no way i'm running in the opposite direction because so far everything has been negative Mm -hmm. i'd rather go alone than try to deal with that fair um as for kieran he has no interest right now in anything really his main duty is to take care of the prince and make sure he's okay but if it happens it happens okay good to know I feel like we should do one episode in the future where it's just our NPCs <laughs> separated. Oh, sure. Kieran and Herschel Some, have a night on yep. the town. <laughs> like a buddy, a buddy comedy. 
I think, you know what? I'd be down for it. Kieran's going to have to get that stick out of his ass, though. <laughs> That's all I had for him so far, but he is not that much of a stick in the mud. It's just right now, the situation, he has to be a stick in the mud. Fair. All right. Do you have anything regarding this episode before we move on to questions from people? I do, because we were just talking about him. It's not necessarily questions. It's more, Kieran, I want to know more. I know you're not probably going to tell me because this is part of your, um, his backstory and whatever. But Sam has been very mysterious, y'all. Even though we have recorded past where you have heard so far. I still do not know jack shit about Kieran. It's a little, it's a little veily. So that's just me saying, Kieran, I want more dates. (laughs) Um, Well, let's see. Um, He is a lieutenant in the Royal Guard. He's best friends with Ro. They grew up together and they used to play as kids. And as time went on, they got closer and closer. And then... Um, Kieran felt like it was his duty to help him out and protect him. And something happens and their relationship gets stronger based on what happens. And that's why Kieran's dedication to Ro is so strong. And that's why Ro is always kind of pushing back because he's like, you got to dial it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that he wasn't always Mr. Perfect. And he's just currently Mr. Perfect. Okay, good to know. Want to break that down? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I've already created a whole like when I created him, I had a like a small list of things. And as the story evolves, and after we reached episode five, I had a long list of different like plot twists I wanted to like bring to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, one of the plot twists had to pop up, and I'm like, well, how does this work? So I had to go down that narrative path. Okay. Which you won't know about for a while. Unless, you know, it's deemed necessary. Suspense, people. Suspense. Mm -hmm. Even for me. I don't know what the fuck's going on around here either. Which is a beautiful thing. I do also want to say, I remember it happening. Because I remember recording, too. Episodes four and five, I think, are my favorite that we've recorded so far. And I remember really loving them in the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. But even listening back to it, I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. Sam and I sort of share a brain. So Short of share a brain. <laughs> what are you talking about? We're on the same wavelength. We just discussed like our thought process on mm-hmm. two different stories. And we're like, we came to the same conclusion. Absolutely. So because we think so similarly, listening to Roe give ideas of, oh, my God, do you think... Arya might have started the fire when I'm leaving the tiniest of little slight nudges. It was beautiful. Where I was like, I know the answer to that question. And then Sam is asking it in the game. I'm like, yes! (laughs) We're getting there. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. Yes. All right. Anything else for this episode before we move on? I think I'm ready for more questions. All right. Question number one. How do you approach role-playing and developing the personality for your characters? And this is from Ashley. So thank you, Ashley. Yes, thank you, Ashley. Um, How do I role-play? How do I approach it? 
I think a lot of the personality. Okay, look, I'm going to be honest. I always have very specific intentions with what a character is going to be when I walk into something. I didn't for Lou because I wanted to keep this pretty open and general and didn't want to pigeonhole myself into something before we started, given the nature of the podcast. But all my other characters, I usually have a very specific idea of who that person is going to be when I go into it. And within one to two episodes, I'm completely wrong. So I'm going to go ahead and say, it doesn't matter. Give yourself a couple key points about your back, your backstory, and then just let the, the personality happen as it happens in the game. True. I 100% agree with that. Like um, for this specific podcast so far, everything I've set out is fine. But like everything I've set up so far for my character has come across like I haven't really changed anything. But in other games that I've played, like I've approached a character a certain way only to find out I had to change everything like 110%, but it ended up working out better that way. Mm -hmm. So I just like to adapt to my surroundings. Absolutely. And I think that happened a lot with, I know you guys probably don't want to hear about that other campaign that Sam ran, but with that character, because it's the character I had the longest and had the most connection to the most character development, it's my best like go-to point. So I'm sorry that I keep referencing it, but that character in particular, I started out and she was going to be moody and broody and see ghosts. That was not her. It just wasn't. Um, you were literally freaking Sailor Moon. Let's be real here. Yeah. Like it just it just changes depending on what exactly you have to do, who the other players are, who their characters are, the events you come across. You yeah, do one stupid be- thing and it becomes your whole personality in D. Yeah. yeah. Be open to change too. Like that's one of the biggest things. Don't put your heels into the ground and stay where you are. Cause then it's gonna be an uncomfortable playing process. Just roll with the punches. And be willing to change things on the fly. Because sometimes the story will evolve itself and you'll be like, oh my god, I wasn't expecting to go there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's it's admirable to have an idea of what you want a character to be when you go in. But I think it gets hard on you, your DM, and your other players sometimes. If you don't allow yourself a little wiggle room within that as well. So I understand you want to be true to a character, but... Give yourself some space to move around that. Otherwise, yeah, definitely, it gets frustrating for everybody. Yeah, and you don't want to be that one player that is not fun or just not making the game fun for anybody. Right. Oh my god, okay. we were trying to get my cousin into D&D because she had a boyfriend at the time who wanted to try. So anyway, we were playing, and I think it could have been fine, and I think she could have even enjoyed playing D&D. But her dumbass boyfriend, who's an ex-boyfriend, so I can call him a dumbass now, decided that the character he was going to play, he was going to be depressed, was his character feature. That he was going to be depressed and mopey and then possessed. And that's it's a it's a weird approach to take, especially a first time, I think, into a game. Yeah. And it made it difficult where the rest of us were having fun. And it was a little goofy. We were trying to play um, Curse of Strahd. And we were all in a very kind of goofy sort of place with it when we started. 
The Curse of Strahd is one of those games that you have to go in. Like, if you are all willing to go into it depressed and that's how you want to be, albeit do it. But if you're going in with, like, people who really don't like that heavy stuff, it's better to go in a little bit more lighthearted and silly because then yeah. all the horrors of that campaign, spoiler alert, it's terrible, uh, won't be as bad. I don't think we made it for th- past the first little section. Like, we didn't get very far in that at all. But anyways, don't be a depressed, mopey bozo. I, it brings everybody down. Unless everybody wants to be depressed, mopey bozos together, then well, you can be well, I think... murder bozos. Insert ridiculous tangent here. To spare your ear holes, this part has been edited out. We pick back up. All right, so next question. I almost just said the grossest thing. Yeah, I've been trying to hold back saying things. I almost said, we're back, mommy and daddy are done talking. (laughs) And then I was like, oh no. I mean, last episode I did call the Triton daddy. You did also, (laughs) when I accidentally touched your ass, say, harder mommy? So I did. I Mm-hmm. That is so out of character for him, but I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It made me laugh. I have that kind of sense of humor. Okay, so next question. Okay. All right. Can you tell us more about the process of creating the world, including the different races and factions that may exist within? And this is from Olivia. So thank you, Olivia, for that question. Olivia, such a sweet girl. I don't know what factions are all at work in our world honestly i know a couple things that i'm not going to discuss because because we don't want spoilers yeah and i haven't fully flushed 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 i don't know i haven't delved into it out (laughs) i haven't flashlighted it i haven't flushed it down the toilet i haven't any of it is that going to be our next teaser Yes. (laughs) Perfect. Anyway, I haven't done any of that with it, but I I know a couple things. I don't know that they're really factions of the world. Most of this has honestly been when we come to it, we figure it out. Sometimes we come to it and then we can take a break before we record the next episode. And that downtime (laughs) is where we figure it out. Yes, because nobody wants to listen to us come up with that stuff. But if you do, we can add a section into Zot for how we world create. Just ask. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely do it. And if you need some tips on how to be spontaneous and original as a DM and or player, ask us those questions. Absolutely. And I will say this isn't part of a question. It doesn't really have to go with world building. But I did want to take a moment because I just thought of it to mention using this Oracle system that we have been using to make the world and the yes, no Oracle thing. I encourage everybody to use it at some point, maybe Mm -hmm. not to flesh out a whole, I I can't stop saying the phrase. And now I feel self-conscious about it. So you're welcome. Anyway. So you don't have to use it to create a world or NPCs or background or anything like that. The last game we played is actually one that Sam and I are in that he DMs. I had a character decision at one point, and I found myself reaching for my D20 to ask the Oracle about <laughs> it. That's awesome. And honestly, even if you're, as a player, just not positive what your character would do in that moment, 
super helpful. Because also, if you roll and it goes a certain way and you hate it, well, then you know your answer. Yeah, that's 100% true. If you don't like the answer it gives you, you know your answer already. Right. So I highly recommend it. Just have a d20 sitting around while you're playing. And if you can't figure something out, just give it a little a little roll. I mean, I'm going to tell you this now. Um, you should have a die 20 if you're playing. I was thinking more about <laughs> not playing in person, Sam. <laughs> Most of the games I play are over the lovely internet. So most people are using electronic forms of dice in some way or another. Right. So I was thinking more in those cases, have an actual physical D20 there. You don't have to show all those rolls to everybody else on whatever virtual tabletop you're using. That's just a, that's a roll for you. Yeah, that's a just a you roll. Mm-hmm. Which makes up, make, makes a lot of sense. Um, so for me to answer your question, well, any race is available within the worlds that I create. Nothing is, you know, off limits. Nothing is out of bounds. And it's usually a hot pot amalgamation of everything. Like, you know, you're going to see every type of race. Usually when I describe things, I try not to, unless it's an important key person that I'm like, oh, this is the person that I have in mind. I'll give a description. But if I don't have that in mind, I will just give brief descriptions so that the person can form their own thought process. So like, say, like, I thought this was a tall, like, elf with long blonde hair. And the other person's like, well, maybe they're an orc with long blonde hair. That kind of thing. Um, as for factions in this realm, um, I would go with, uh, well, you know, I'm from the kingdom of Luminor, which is the central city. So we know there's a royal family um, <laughs> as for that. Um, and then you know that there's an opposing kingdom. Um, and there is only one person in that royal family. So that's all I've got right now. I mean, I'm sure once we get to Shipshaven, there'll be some sort of person we're looking for or in a conclave or something right also y'all we named the country we did we did it's mavis the country beacon mavis beacon (laughs) it's not mavis beacon it's just mavis (sighs) ah mavis gotcha mavis Mm -hmm. so write that down people if you're keeping track yes mavis but it does i didn't even know that I did tell you it at one point, and you loved it. I thought you were joking. I wasn't joking. I was serious. I named a town Low Beaver Town, and I want to call somewhere Butter Pond. You think I'm not going <laughs> to call? Butter Pond sounds fun. This whole place, Mavis, because it is the first name of someone named Mavis Beacon, and Beacon means light. Ooh! I'm wow. gonna do it. <laughs> yes, perfect. I named perfect. a tortle tortilla. <laughs> Come That's on. That's true. Okay. Awesome. All right. Next question. As a DM, how do you balance the moral compass of your characters with the events that take place in your campaign? And this is from Michael. So thank you, Michael, for the question. Oh, Michael, that question is purely for Sam because I have never DM'd before. Also. We don't have a DM um, on this yes, podcast. Yes, you have. Yeah, but you're technically a DM. Because we're co-DMs. Yeah. And players. Mm-hmm. So technically, yes and no. Yeah. So answer that question. Because you control NPCs as much as I do, lady. I do. 
Um, okay, what was the question again about balancing character? How do you balance the moral compass of your characters with the events that take place in the campaign? Honestly, even as a player, a lot of it ends up being, it doesn't matter how I start. I usually start my characters off somewhere chaotic, possibly chaotic neutral, somewhere like that, because I don't know where they're going to go over the course of a story. And I don't want to pigeonhole myself to like a lawful good or something and then have very little wiggle room or it has to be something big that makes me shift my morals. Mm -hmm. I tend to find my characters leaning towards good over time. And I think, I think leaving everybody kind of a blank slate until something happens and then you can test their personality, their reaction is a safe choice in terms of not getting too hung up on anything. Mm -hmm. That said, it is kind of fun when there's somebody who believes very strongly in a thing. The long and short of it is, I don't know. <laughs> Most of the NPCs we've encountered in, in pot rod, they don't have a big enough backstory to have a moral compass other than they're, for the most part, vaguely good characters, or sure. some are vaguely bad characters. So I think keeping people, even when they have a lean towards good or bad, keeping them middle bad, middle good, is easier to balance. Yeah, uh, yeah. Start off right in the middle, um, and then let the story take you wherever you want to go, because maybe it'll change along the way so that you're not stuck in one specific path. Like you can make an evil character. Great. Fun. Sounds like an amazing thing, but do you want to stay a fully evil character or do you want to be open to the choice of maybe your character is more of an anti-hero than he is evil? Like he'll do evil things to justify a certain means, but at the same time he won't murder a village full of children. Right. As cliche as it is, you can come get your anti-heroes from either video games and or anime. <laughs> All right. Um, we covered the last question, basically already talking about Kieran. So we don't need to address this one. Okay. Um, anything else you would like to discuss on this episode? Of oh, I think we did have one other question. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, one moment. Must find... We challenged our other players in our other games to give us questions for this, and they have refused. So guess what I'm going to do in the next player session where I'm a DM? I'm going to kill their characters. <laughs> yes. All of our listeners are people we've just forced to listen. It's true. Oh my god, where is the question? Hold on, I know mm. where it is. <laughs> are you sure? Not positive, but I found it. Okay. Okay. This question comes to us from James. Thanks, James, for the question. What has already been a big difference mechanically, roleplay-y, or character-wise that you weren't expecting between episode one and now? Oh, um, right off the back, mechanically, not much, because I haven't really used any of my bardic skills, to be 100% honest. Uh, we haven't been in many fights, and I haven't had to do many roles that weren't aided, mm -hmm. so to speak. So mechanically, nothing. Uh, Roleplay-wise, I was going to play a role a little bit more not as open to other people. 
<laughs> but I felt that the right off the bat, how trusting Lou was, it made me want to be more open with her. Beautiful. Which I think builds the dynamic, especially considering the fact that our characters really don't know each other very well. And we've only been traveling for like, what, at this point, two days? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how close we already are in this situation. I mean, I think we're laying groundwork to be lifelong friends. And I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a great story, especially as we go along. Who knows might might happen? One of us might die and then it might end up being like, oh, my God, like, I have to help you. And then the quest changes to them trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it'll be a great dynamic. Emotion. Absolutely. Pull that emotion. How about you? mechanically something that I wasn't thinking would happen. I've already talked about in one of the other zone of truths fight wise. I honestly thought I was going to be a little bit more like run up and hit it. And warlocks can fire Eldritch blast from a far distance and do more damage than running up and hitting it. So that was a little surprising to me um, that that's probably going to be mostly what Lou does fight wise. And character-wise, I will say I did go into this thinking that the deck of cards and trying to get people to buy one was going to be like a huge part of Lou's whole personality. But kind of how the story has shaken out, I don't really... Maybe that's what we could do in the next town. That would be super fun. don't really feel the need to sell too many right now. And the places we've gone, Low Beaver Town does not feel like the right place to sell someone one of those cards. Although, in in retrospect, I could have tried to sell one to Aria, but I couldn't in good conscience do that. I couldn't be like, hey! If you were a little bit more chaotic, you could have been like, hey, your life sucks, do you want to change it? Right. I could have. But Lou is also, at heart, a good person. So, mm-hmm. if she doesn't want someone who is her friend to use those cards, and we've just told this stranger that her her loved one is dead. I told this stranger that her loved one yes. is dead. Let's be real. Yeah. I ripped that band-aid off and now I feel like a heel. You did. To be fair, you had to because it's so weird to be, <laughs> to be a character and an NPC and talk to each other. <laughs> yes. It's... Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it gets confusing if you're a DM and you have multiple NPCs. That's why I've limited our scenes to one NPC talking at a time. It's fair. So I I do find that sometimes in those scenes, if I'm being an NPC, I am hoping, relying heavily on you being Ro. And then we can shoot over to Lou for a little bit. But for the most part, if I'm an NPC, I'm playing off of Sam. So it'll either be here in a row. And vice versa. Your NPCs mm-hmm. are usually playing off of Lou. Except for the, um... No, because you were playing with Lou. I was gonna say the waiter at at Swamp Mass. But yeah. he was talking to Lou. Right. Well, in a future episode, I roleplay heavily with myself. Nah, <laughs> dirty. <laughs> okay. Alright, awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of Zot. Yeah. <laughs> Love I'm going to say that as many times funny as I can. Um, so thanks for joining us.
If you have any questions that you're burning to know the answers to, send them to us at joinpartyof2 at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at joinpartyof2. That is the number two. Look for new episodes of Party of Two Roll of the Dice every Friday and Zona Truth episodes on Tuesday. As always, thanks for listening. Bye! We love you! Mwah. Mwah.